Hello, and welcome back. This is Mario Costabile, and this is Reason for Hope. We have some awesome, amazing things for you in store today. Dr. David Heideck and I are going to discuss more about St. John Paul's Theology of the Body, and we have an amazing guest today, Gus Lloyd, from Series XM, the Catholic Channel. It's going to be a lot of fun with him. We also have some hilarious conversations with some people in New York when I do my Man in the Street bit. We really get a sense of what people honestly think. It's crazy. Okay, if I were to ask you, do you believe in an afterlife? Most of us would say yes, right? If I were to ask you where you think you might end up, heaven or hell, we may not be so sure. Well, the fact is we're created for something greater. We're created for eternity with Christ. And that is our reason for hope. What's your definition of love? <laughs> Her. <laughs> Ta-da! So you guys are married or are dating or engaged? Forever. Just to- Is that a sign? Hint, hint, hint. So where do you think the origins of love come from? In your heart and your soul and your mind. You know? What does love mean to you? To answer that in three seconds, I don't think that's that's possible. It's not possible? What do you think? Oh, it could, what, what's, 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 uh, what comes to mind? Offering grace. Grace. Okay. What does love mean to you? Uh, it's a gift that God gave us between a person that you were meant to be with. Okay. So you think of love as a, a, a personal, about a person, or is there anything else beyond what you think love might be, or the love of your neighbor, or the love of God, or the love maybe God has for you? I think it's something that he wants between you and everything that he created. It's meant for the world. It's meant for the people around you. It's meant for an individual relationship as well, though. Awesome. God bless you. All right. What is your definition of the word love? Well, I think love is sharing with others, you know, what you have. I don't know. I I think love, everybody has, like, its own definition, like something that can be defined. Uh, What do you think about, you know, the origins of love? What are your thoughts about love? What does that mean to you? God is love. I mean, he is love. I mean, he loves us all. He died for us. Amen. All right. What do you think about love? Same. Ditto. Okay, tell me your definition of love and what that means to you. Love from God or just love in general? Just love in general. General. Love is giving of myself for the sake of others. Very nice. It's beautiful. What do you think? I was going to say basically the same thing, being sacrificial towards others. And let's talk about, you know, God's love for us. What do you think about that? Well, he gave his son to die, his only son. That's, to me, that's the ultimate sacrifice. So you you mentioned love. What does love mean to you? Oh, that's all-encompassing. Love is giving, love is kind, love is food, love is nurturing, right? Excuse me, I noticed that you guys are coming out of church. Could I, uh, I'm conducting a survey. Do you have two seconds? Oh, uh, ju- no, thank you, though. Oh, no. Okay, all right. Have a great day. All right, you too. Uh, now I'm going, now I'm striking out. Follow the steps. Oh. I should get fired for that. Oh, sure, okay. Can I do it on the sidewalk? Sidewalk is fine. Okay, no worries. The guy said you got to get off the steps. I could get fired. Why would he get fired if I'm asking questions on the steps? Uh, maybe because he's not doing his job, because he should have spotted me an hour ago?
So here we are with Dr. David Heideck, our Director of Theology here at Array of Hope. Today, our topic is to love means to give oneself. Now, this is a very interesting topic. Uh, we're going to dive deep into the definition of what love means um, and also to explore how love is used in our culture. I mean, a lot of people say, I love my dog. I love crackers. I love popcorn. But what does love really mean, right? What does it mean in the context of our culture? And what does it mean in the context of our church? Well, I think if you were to ask St. John Paul II to give a definition of love, his definition would be to love is to give the sincere gift of yourself, particularly to give the sincere gift of yourself for another and that person's good. This is all over the pages of the Theology of the Body. It actually is drawn from a document from the Second Vatican Council, Gaudium mm. et Spes, number 24, where it says that man can only fully find himself by giving the sincere gift of himself. Wow. So what does it mean to give the sincere gift of yourself? Well, I think we just break down the two words and we can see very quickly how that is in contrast with the way the culture tends to look at love. So sincere, love must be sincere. The first thing I think that means is that it needs to be genuine. It needs to be really about the other person and that person's true good. It can't it can't be a disguise for selfishness. It can't be uh, a disguise for manipulation. It's really got to be about the other person, not about me. Uh, if, it, if it's not about the other person and it's about me, then that, I'm really just using that person for whatever I want. It's almost like giving of yourself and expecting nothing in return. That's right. And sometimes this is called a disinterested love, which sounds almost <laughs> like cold. Like, well, you know, well, I'm not interested. But right. like, but really what it means is that my own interests don't factor in. I'm totally into what is your good? So that's the first thing. It's got to be genuinely about the other person and that person's good. I think maybe we've all been in situations where we thought the other person really loved us for us, but then as time went on, we started to realize they didn't really love us. They loved something we could do for them mm-hmm. or uh, some benefit we provided. I think that that's not real love, that, that second kind of love. It's counterfeit love. It's, it's really use is what it is. And, and that doesn't fulfill us, that kind of love. And we've been loved or really not loved that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes us feel depleted. It makes us feel disillusioned. It, it brings us down. It cuts us down. Uh, it knocks our self-esteem down. Um, because we weren't really loved for us. Um, We were loved for something else. So that's one thing that I think sincere means. It has to be genuine. Another thing that sincere can mean is that it has to be true, and it has to be about what is true. See, here's the thing. If love is I'm giving myself for another's good, I need to know what that good is if I'm going to give myself for it. And so if I don't have knowledge of the truth about what is good for somebody, then I can't really love them well. And, uh, and so love is always choosing what is good and refusing what isn't. Mm. In fact, this is an interesting thing. You know that, that uh, scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, that, that many people use in weddings all the time? Love is patient, love is kind. Well, there's like this line. It's a fantastic line. Everybody quickly glosses over it because it doesn't seem to really mean anything to them at the moment. They all love that patient and kind stuff. But it's this. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Wow, I never noticed that line. Yeah. Love does not <laughs> rejoice in wrongdoing. And so like here's the thing, like when when we have as parents, let's say, when we right. have a kid who's doing something that's wrong, we can't just say, "Hey, great, you're great. Keep going." You know, like we can't. 
You know, when, when we have a friend who we know is walking down a road that's a road of darkness that's, that's not ultimately going to be what's best for them because God's revealed it isn't what's good for them, we can't just approve that and say that we're loving. You know, love I, doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. I think they intentionally removed that from the wedding ceremony because, <laughs> well, 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 because it's hard. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to do to tell someone that they're doing something wrong and, and it doesn't benefit you in any way outside of maybe tarnishing or making the relationship difficult. Yeah, and there's you a discernment there. Well, that's right. And there's a discernment there. I mean, you got to be careful of how you approach it and you want to approach it in the way that you think it might be received the best. And all of that's true. But really, when it comes down to it, you've got to be willing to even sacrifice the bad feelings that come from that person not reacting the way that you'd like because you care more about them than you care even about your own place in that relationship. Mm. And I think that's a really a tremendous sacrifice to make. So it's, it's interesting. This is even a criteria for loving Jesus. Jesus says, what, what does he say? He says, the one who loves me keeps my commandments. So, Simple. I mean, I think it's just right tied in. It's like love always means choosing the good for the other. So that's sincere. Now you got the gift part. That's the, that's the second part of the definition, I would say. And the first thing I think we learn from the idea of love being a gift is that love is first and foremost a decision that we make, not a feeling that we feel. So it, it involves a choice, a deliberate choice. Interesting, uh, pre-papal work of, of Pope John Paul II's uh, called Love and Responsibility that he wrote when he was uh, Cardinal Archbishop of Krakow. He, he joins those two things, like love and responsibility, because what love means is I take responsibility for an other. You know, and that means that I freely choose to give myself for that person's good. I think one of the ways in which our culture goes haywire with regards to love is that they tend to equate like love and sentimentality, you know, that love is that flutter in my stomach and, and that that's what love is or, or warm feelings. And I, I think that that could be actually very problematic. It's not that, it's not that there aren't feelings involved in love. Because obviously there are. I mean, it would almost be a denial of our experience to say that there aren't such things as feelings of love. But the love is not so much the feeling as the choice to give myself for what is good for the other person. And because of that, love is within our control. You know, it's sometimes you kind of, it's, I've always found this to be really, really odd when people talk about like love, they usually like refer to love as somehow having something to do with an accident. I've fallen in love. It's like, you know, boom. You know, mm. like it's just, you know, or they say I'm mad with love. So love has to do with insanity. In both cases, an accident and insanity, I didn't have a choice, right? There's nothing I could do. I can't help myself, right? right? You know, but the thing about love and particularly loving the way that we're called to by God in this idea of giving the gift of ourselves, it's very much within our control. I am giving myself for what is genuinely good for that other person. You know, and I think that that's a very, very key difference. And sometimes, by the way, that ain't going to feel very good. Sometimes that's going to hurt. Sometimes it's going to stink. You know, sometimes that's going to demand a lot of me. So, uh, so love being a gift, I think that's a very important thing because it tells us that it has to be voluntary. It's got to mm -hmm. be given. Sometimes I'll have students ask me, well, if God knew that Adam and Eve were going to sin, then why did he make them at all? I said, well, because if he didn't make them free, they couldn't love. If you didn't make them free, they couldn't make a choice to love. Hmm. And so I think that's a really key component of this idea of love as a gift. Um, 
lastly, love being a gift means it costs something. I think that like, you know, any gift that we give, it costs us something. I mean, the culture tells us how much that ring has to cost, right? I mean, like there's a, there's just this sense that, you know, you're, you're going to have to pay this many paychecks towards your engagement ring for your, for your fiance. There's going to be just something there where it's going to cost you something. Sometimes it costs you time. It involves sacrifice. I think St. Teresa of Kolkata said that love always hurts. Because it, it always means a dying. It means a dying to myself so that another might live. So th this notion of love being a gift is important because not only I think it means, obviously, that it's freely chosen, but it, it also means I've got to be willing to sacrifice. And, and, and I would tell young people, look, the depth of the love is proportionate to one's willingness to sacrifice for the beloved. That's what it comes down to. And when I mean sacrifice, I don't mean, oh, man, you know, you're, if you really love me, you'd do this. That's not sacrificing for what is good, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's got to be a sacrifice for what is truly good. But nonetheless, love demands a sacrifice. So yeah, to go back to the idea of the feelings, um, that love is not a feeling, our, our culture today, even our young people, you know, they really think that love is an emotion, a feeling that they have. Maybe you can articulate a little bit more clearly to a couple who are, you know, that uh, uh, or think that they're in love. Or how do you differentiate what real love is uh, versus what they think the feeling of love is? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that we have to be careful because I don't know about you. I know for myself, my own lived experience, my feelings don't always point me in the right direction. Right. Have you acted on every kind of feeling? Would that be a wise move? Be very bad. Very bad. Very bad. <laughs> like very bad. And yet somehow when those feelings are all warm, fuzzy, and have to do with another person, we think, you know, this has got to be true. But we know darn well that feelings can change, and they could be up, they could be down, they could be all over the place. They can lead us to good things, and they can lead us to, you know, not so good things. So then what becomes the way in which we can discern whether or not those feelings are really and truly good or leading us to the good? whether or not the thing that we're moved to is really good. God's told us what's good in the commandments, right? So he says, this is good, thou shalt, and these things aren't, thou shalt not, you know? And, and it, it's sort of interesting because we tend not to think about the commandments connected to love, but the reality is that we can't love properly if we're not obeying the commandments because we're not actually doing what is good for the other. So in this sense, love has to have an objective content. It can't just be like exclusively coming from me. It's got to have something to do with something existing outside of me, some good that I'm pursuing for the other. Because if, if I'm in this relationship really with me as the focus and my own fulfillment as the focus and, you know, this is good for me as the focus, well, then I'm not really about what's genuinely good for that person. And I'm not going to be willing to do the things I might need to do to make what's good for that person happen happen. Mm. Um, I'm going to probably be apt to kind of not do that. And when life in love relationships get hard, that's usually when uh, when the going gets tough, the not so tough get gone, mm. you know, and that's really kind of how it works. And I think that if you demonstrate those sacrifices over and over to someone, they will get a sense of authentic love by the way you're constantly interacting with them. I see that in marriage, right? If you're constantly um, doing things for your spouse or uh, thinking of them or writing them a note or saying, you know, I'll do this, I'll do the dishes or, you know, it shows it's an act of love. You don't. And, and people respond to that authentic love. They respond to. That's right. And I think that that's key, you know, because this could be 
this could morph into something not so positive, and that is that you do certain nice things because you know when I do these things, I get a response I, I want. You know, I'll do a bunch of nice things because my wife might be more apt to let me go out with my buds and play golf, you know, like, and and then you kind of say, all right, well, then if that was really a hidden motive there, is that really love? No. No, it's disingenuous thing, right? Right, yeah, right, that, right. And you can't keep that up. No way. So, anyway. and, and wives particularly are really good oh, at picking no. that up. My wife would pick it up in three seconds flat. <laughs> so, uh, so, Dave, this has been really great because I think especially important to, for young couples, people that are dating or even married couples, because sometimes we get lost in the routine or we get lost in our emotions. And look, the bottom line is to love someone, right? It's a choice, like you had said. So it was great to unpack this. To love means to give of oneself. I think it was awesome. And thanks, Dave. Okay, so here we are in the portion of our podcast where I'm going to be making some random phone calls. And uh, today, I think I'm going to call my friend Joe Campo. Now, Joe Campo is the producer and executive director of Grassroots Films, and he's produced some pretty amazing films. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, The Human Experience, Fishers of Men, and most recently, Outcast. So let me get see if I can call him. And see if I can get him on the phone. Here we go. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. Hello. Joe. Yes. It's Mario Costabile. How you doing? Oh, Mario, how are you? What's shaking over there? <laughs> Listen, Joe, yes. I am I've got this new crazy idea. I'm recording a podcast. Yes. And part of the podcast is I'm making random phone calls with to friends and people that I know. Is it okay if is it okay if I record you? Absolutely. So I got a question for you. So okay. tell me what you define the word as love means to you. What does love mean? What does love mean? Sounds like it's an easy question, but it's it's really not. But love, I think the best way to describe love, I should say is sacrifice. When you love someone, you do things for them that you normally would not do or maybe would not even be natural. But because you love them, you do it anyway. So therefore, for for let's say for me, then it would be a sacrifice to do something for someone else and not count the cost. Right on. That's good, man. That's that's uh, Mother Teresa. That's my first thought. <laughs> Mother Teresa-like, you know, it's really good. Okay. So let me let okay. me ask you yeah. a follow-up question. So sure, what, sure. how do you think God views love as? Like, what do you think God's definition of love is? Mario, that's a tough question. <laughs> okay, that's, that's like saying, gee, Joe, you know what God thinks, you know. Mm. But... To try to to try to answer it, okay, uh, God, how does God see love? God is love. So because God is love, you know th- that's the answer. Right, right. It's kind of like trying to describe yourself. Like if how do you see Joe? Right? How do you see Joe Campo? Right? Explain Joe Campo. Uh, but you kind of you kind of nailed it. Actually, I could no, I could do that. I'm I'm not too impressed with myself. <laughs> I said that to somebody today, and she laughed. But I was like, no, I'm serious, you know. <laughs> but but uh, no, I because God is love. Yeah. That's it. Right on. Right on. So here, here's my final and last question. So how do you think okay. we can better express love to one another? 
I, I think it goes back to the, you know, almost to the original question. It's, it's like making a sacrifice for someone or, or some situation or for some people or even for some cause. Hmm. It's, to, it's to go out and step out of your comfort zone in order to, uh, you know, achieve to, to achieve some objective, you know, for another person, you know, I mean, it's sort of like, I, I think maybe this might even be part of the answer is, is, um, is to give more than you take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just give, give more than you take. Uncond- and, you know, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say unconditionally, right. You know, just to give. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, I don't think that's difficult, right. you know, to give more than you take. I think, I think it's what we, should, if everybody did that, There'd be less want in the world, you know? Amen. Well, this is great. So listen, Joe, it's been a while since you and I have talked, so we got to catch up. I think our last text was like, we got to do lunch soon, right? <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Listen, if you have it in Brooklyn, yeah. <laughs> come on. You know, <laughs> we got great restaurants, so show up. <laughs> well, uh, maybe we'll have to figure out something. Sure, Mario. <laughs> that sounds good. All right, man, bro. Great, great catching up with you. Peace, okay? Yeah, thank okay. you. Of course. God okay. bless you. Thank bye, you. Bye. Okay, bye, bye now. So today, our guest is Gus Lloyd, super pumped about this interview. Gus Lloyd is the host of Seize the Day, a morning radio show on Sirius XM on the Catholic Channel. He has authored many books such as Magnetic Christianity and The Minute in the Church series. Now, these books are so awesome. They're little pamphlets that really educate and catechize people about the teachings of the church. I love those books. He's also worked at Array of Hope in the past by speaking at some of our events and emceed one of our galas. So, Gus, today you're being interviewed rather than doing the interviewing. Tables have turned, huh? It always, it, it's a little bit uncomfortable for me. <laughs> I have to be honest with you, Mario, because, like you said, I'm, I'm always the one asking the questions. And, you know, if I could, too, I, I find that to be the case even in my personal relationships, even in my personal interactions with other people. I'm just kind of a naturally curious person, so I always ask people questions. I want to I want to find out more about their stories and their lives. So yeah, it's a little odd for me to to be on the other end of this thing. It's weird, right? Well, I, I'm yeah. I, me too. I'm very curious. So tell me a little bit about your your professional background, and obviously you've been in radio a long time. So tell me how you were attracted to that profession, uh, and then I want to sort of move into how you ended up with you know in on Catholic radio. I knew what I wanted to do ever since I was a little kid. I can remember when I was a little kid, I would sit in my living room with my parents and listen to the old AM radio. I'm a pretty old guy, so back in those days, AM radio, you know, FM was just kind of uh, beginning to be a thing. So I'd listen to the old boss jocks on the AM radio. Hey, good morning, everybody. And I would sit there and say, I want to be one of those guys. I I love this, and I loved listening to the radio. I loved how the guys presented themselves on the radio. I loved music. I loved uh, telling stories and hearing kind of things on the radio. So I knew from a very early age that I wanted to be on the radio. So when I graduated from high school, rather than go to college, I decided that I wanted to jump right into things. So I went to broadcasting school after college, and right after I graduated from broadcasting school, uh, I got into the radio business. Uh, that was 1979, wow. and I've been pretty much doing it ever since with a, a little bit of a break in there. Yeah, so how did you end up on Catholic radio then? What was the, you know, the transition uh, from secular into, you know, Catholic radio? When I was in radio, I was in secular radio from 1979 until about 1984, 
And I, w- I would had done every format under the sun, you know, a rock and pop and top 40 and talk and news and all kinds of stuff. But I was I was living a, a very, very uh, secular kind of life, if I could be honest. And so I, I had a situation where uh, I had to make a decision. I had to either save my marriage and my family and get out of the radio business or jettison my wife and daughter and, you know, go after the brass ring and radio. And thanks be to God, even though I didn't really have a relationship with God at the time, Mario, uh, I had the graces, the seeds of grace that I like to say were planted in my life to make the right decision. So I got out of the radio business and uh, I'd been out of the radio business for a number of years when I had this conversion experience and I rediscovered first uh, faith in Christ and then my Catholic faith. And then one day I'm driving around Tampa, Florida. I owned a a landscaping and lawn maintenance and irrigation business. And I'm driving around in my truck in Tampa, Florida, and I hear this Catholic radio station on the FM radio dial. This was like in the early 90s. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, there's no such thing as Catholic radio. Uh, And sure enough, there, there is a Catholic radio station in Tampa, Florida. And God spoke to me in my truck that day, Mario, and he said, Gus, I want you to call that radio station. I want you to tell them that you've got years of radio experience, and I want you to ask them if they need any help. So I did. I called the radio station, talked to the station manager, and his first question was, how soon can you get here? <laughs> and that, that very weekend, Mario, I was back on the air, back doing the thing that I loved more than anything in the world, aside from my, you know, my wife and my children and my faith. Uh, God had given this back to me and sent me into Catholic radio, and that's how I got started in Catholic radio. That's awesome. So were you formed or did you have to develop your background in Catholicism and, and, and formation? Yeah, the timing on it was was really interesting because I had actually had my conversion experience of about four, four years, four or five years prior. So I was already doing ministry in the Catholic Church. I was already kind of cutting my teeth in Catholic apologetics, if you will. So I I didn't know it at the time, but God was training me. You know, God was training me and putting me through all this training in order to put me back into radio and to put me into Catholic radio. So by the time I, you know, by the time I discovered Spirit FM or WBVM in Tampa, uh, I, I was already pretty well ensconced in my Catholic teaching and Catholic background so it's it's just so interesting, you know, when you look back on your life, Mario, and you see God connecting all these dots. So little did I know that this whole time after I'd rediscovered my faith, God was preparing me. He was preparing me for getting back into radio and to do what I'm even doing today. It almost sounds like you're talking about my life. I mean, that's essentially what happened to me as well, where a lot of my work in the secular uh, world, you know, creating content, films, music was really preparing me for what I do today now and sharing the faith and sharing the, the gospel and Catholicism to, to the culture. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's a great feeling, isn't it? it? It is, isn't it? And when, you know, when you can look back and kind of realize that, and sometimes I just shake my head. I, I tell people I have to pinch myself every day and say, Lord, are you going to let me do this again today? <laughs> because I, I love what I do so much. I've loved it since the very beginning. And, you know, I believe, Mario, that God never puts a desire into somebody's heart for no reason. I like to put it like this. God doesn't do something for nothing. You know, God's got a purpose and a plan for everything. And I think that like you and I, when we look back on our lives and we see the fingerprints of God in all these different areas, you know, I just want anybody who's listening right now to know God is always at work. God is at work in you today. He's been at work in you for your whole life. And I hope that you'll be able to look back and see the mighty hand of God working throughout your life to bring you where you are today. 
Amen. So uh, I, I see that there's a, a theme in your books, in your radio show regarding formation to catechize. Um, do you believe that it's important uh, to to catechize, develop the intellect, and then essentially the the spiritual life will will strengthen? I do. I think they work hand in hand. I like to put it like this, Mario, that uh, it's, it's important to have head knowledge. We, we have to know our faith. It is absolutely vital. And that's been a hallmark of my ministry for over 25, 30 years now is, is teaching the faith and helping people to understand the truths of the faith. But that's only one part of it. The other part of it, of it is having that heart knowledge. We got to be madly in love with Jesus Christ. And, and the two are so important that they work together. So you have to have an intense love, a passionate love for Jesus. And when you do, you'll have an intense love and a passionate love for his church because it is his bride and to know him more and to know his teachings and his commands more. And that's why I think both of those things are so very important in our lives. And really, that's that's what I try to work on every day with my radio show. And, you know, when I go out and do talks and things like that, I always want to let folks know this is a two pronged attack that we have to have head knowledge and heart knowledge. That's right. That's right. Well said. Um, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about the virtue of love. And it seems that our culture is moving away from God, moving away from who is love. Um, any observations, any thoughts about this, um, where you think our culture is moving today? You know, I think love has become an emotion in the minds of so many. We, you know, And listen, love is the most thing that's been written about more than anything else and songs written about it more than anything else. But we've morphed to a place now where love is an emotion, and too many people feel like, well, if I don't have warm fuzzies, then I'm not in love anymore. And so they jettison that. They jettison the person. They jettison the relationship. We have to remember. We have to understand. Look at a crucifix. Look at Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. That is love. Love is about sacrifice. Love is about being there for the other. Love is longing and desiring for the best for the other. And if that means that we have to die to ourselves, then that's what it means. And as I say, so yeah, we've moved away from the true identity of love. We've, we've made love this kind of cheap emotion and this disposable kind of thing, but that's not what God teaches us. That's not what Christ teaches us about what love really is. So I, I really hope, Mario, that that, you know, as we do our thing and we try to help people understand a bit more about Catholicism and about the faith, that we'll be able to transmit that message of what love truly is and, and not the cheap, disposable, fluffy kind of thing that the world has made it out to be. How do you think we can do that? How do you think we can convey that message that, you know, uh, love is uh, eternal, essentially, and it comes from God? Well, I think the first thing, of course, is to live it out in our own lives. I mean, if you and I are not being an example of love, if you and I are not being an, an example of sacrifice, then why should anybody believe a word that we say, right? So the first thing that we have to do is to is to do our best to live it out in our own situations and in our own circumstances. And, and the next thing that we have to do, we have to talk about it. We have to preach it. We have to tell people about it. So those two things, much like head knowledge and heart knowledge, we have to live it first, and then we have to be unabashedly, unashamed, and unafraid to speak about what real love is and how love and grace are from God. Yeah. 
Yeah. How do you think we've ended up here? I mean, how do you think our society, our culture uh, essentially has pushed God away uh, in the true sense of what love is? Well, look, there's so many factors and it's been going on for centuries now, really, if you think about it. Uh, but, but I think one of the, one of the big things was the sexual revolution and this idea of, you know, making, equating uh, physical sex with love. And again, that they're, while they can certainly coexist, they're not the same thing. And so I think probably the sexual revolution, at least here in the West, was the greatest thing that has been pulling us away from God and pulling us away from what real love is. And unfortunately, Mario, I think a lot of people have uh, come to this conclusion, this, this mistaken notion of what true freedom is. Because true freedom, I think, is, is following God's will, is being in the will of God. That is the only thing that will bring us true freedom. And unfortunately, people now think that freedom is being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want, with whomever you want, with no consequences at all. So I think that they all kind of work together over the course of certainly the last 70 years or so to bring us to the point where we are now. So what can we do as a church to um, draw people toward uh, the true essence of what love is? You know, Mario, I think one of the things that has happened is that we have become uh, – I'm going to say something that might offend a lot of people, but I don't care. We've become a church of sissies. You know, we're, we're afraid to talk about our faith. We're afraid to talk about Jesus. We're afraid to talk about heaven and hell and these hard things that are really part of uh, the, the body – you know, the collection of teaching of the Catholic faith. So I think what we have to do is to return to a place where we're not afraid to talk about these things anymore. We're not afraid to use the name of Jesus, even in public places or in public settings. You know, we're so afraid of offending people nowadays. So I think as church, both you and I as lay people and as well our priests and our bishops, we've got to be more bold. We've got to stop being afraid to offend anybody over any little thing. And, you know, if you, if you take a look at the life and the ministry of Christ, well, he loved everybody, but, but Jesus said these hard things. And like, for instance, when he taught about the Eucharist in John chapter six, what does it say in John six, 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 the people were, were so scandalized that they left him and they walked with him no more. But Jesus didn't say, Hey, come on back. Let me soften things up a little bit for you. He let him go, you know, because he, he knew that that was, that was their decision. They had to make a choice. So that's kind of my answer, Mario. I think we just, I think we have to become, uh, we have to become more bold, more bold in our speech and more bold in our love as well. Amen. I think we need to be loud, clear. Uh, we, we need to be um, uh, just proclaiming the truth is, is honestly uh, with force, with vigor, with conviction and and with uh with love you know and, and let the chips fall where they may <laughs> right on and uh jesus is our example right i mean jesus uh to to use his life as an example as to how he evangelized i mean he always was sympathetic was merciful but what truthful and and loved uh unconditionally yeah amen brother amen so gus this was absolutely awesome thank you so much for sharing your time and being part of this podcast god bless you god bless your work and your family and thanks again thank you my friend god bless you and your ministry so we've come to the end of yet another podcast i want to thank you so much for hanging out with us and i hope you're learning something i certainly am 
If you want to learn more about Array of Hope and what we do, and maybe even bring us to your parish, go to arrayofhope.net. That's A-R-R-A-Y of hope.net. Also, you got to check out our social media. We release a lot of videos, daily reflections, and lots of music. We're on Array of Hope on Facebook and Array of Hope Show on Twitter and Instagram. And we also have hundreds of videos on all kinds of subjects on our YouTube page, along with music videos. So you got to check that stuff out. So while listening to this podcast, maybe a question came up, or maybe you might have a question about the teachings of the Catholic Church, or maybe even a concern about your faith, um, or anything that might come to mind. We want to open up some discussions, and you can email us those questions to podcast at arrayofhope.net, and Dr. David Heideck will respond on the next podcast and try to answer some of your questions. So listen, please continue to join us each week where we'll have a new theme with new guests, new surprise calls, and all new discussions. So next week's guest is going to be Damon Owens. Now, this guy is a rock star. I mean, he's an awesome person and a very well-known speaker throughout the country. So our theme for next week is going to be chosen by eternal love. You might say, whoa, I mean, what does that mean? Well, what it means is that we're all chosen by God. This is going to be a really interesting and very enlightening discussion. We experience both sadness and happiness in our lifetime. Yet as difficult and hard as sadness may be when we are experiencing it, God has given us the opportunity through that pain to experience clarity. And through this difficulty, you receive a gift. And that gift is wisdom. And through the gift of wisdom, you receive yet another gift. And that gift is courage. Clarity presents you with the truth and understanding, which in turn leads you to yet another amazing gift from God. And that is the power of His grace. His grace is the very thing that got us here in the first place. Thanks for joining us for Reason for Hope. And there is certainly a reason for hope. This is Mario Costabile. Until next time, peace.